0: Hey guys, it's Fred from You Don't Know Squat. Uh joining me as always, Mr. Zach Hallman. How are you, Zach? You can I, say hello if you want to.
1: I already said hello.
0: You he already said, but you guys are gonna hear that a little later. We have a really great interview today.
1: Uh we got our buddy Ryan O'Connor Rocco. Um for those of you who don't know him, Rocco is from Altoona, um, has a pretty illustrious military career. He's still in it. Um, Full-time. You know, he's one of those guys where he was given many opportunities to get out of the military and do something very successful. But he's just really committed to – once once the guy commits something, he stays committed. And uh, he's really big into – I mean, the guy's like – he's a merchant marine. He's in the Army. He's went to sapper school. He yeah. went to –
0: He's getting – handpicked to become a major like this guy's uh this guy's the uh the the real deal in the military realm so there's
1: and it's funny because we we spoke for about an hour and a half with him but um i mean we we scratched the surface there's a lot of stuff that he was he's kind of in the middle of doing a lot of stuff that um he's really not at liberty to to discuss so we kind of kept it pretty basic and spoke about his 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 journey to the military and there's some, I
0: think there is some good. Uh, I think there is a, a couple of good moments that you can pick from and kind of apply to what you are doing now, anyway. So right. I think the mentality side of the military really showed in this interview, and just his story some funny some funny ones from uh, from us growing up with him playing sports.
1: Now, with us today is not Casey Cantz. Casey is not
0: here. Uh, uh, he quit. We he, fired. Uh, he. Have you ever seen the uh, what's that movie uh, with Tom Cruise when he's walking out with the goldfish? Who's coming with me? <laughs> what movie is that?
1: Walking out with the goldfish? Yeah.
0: Who's coming? Uh, Jerry Maguire. Uh, yeah. So, unfortunately for him, there was literally no one else in the room when he did that. So, no one else went with him. And he didn't have a goldfish. He was empty yeah. But
1: He's actually just in he, Florida for the holidays. Yeah. He's on vacation. So, Casey, <laughs> we
0: miss you. None of that was true. Um, get back safe. Yeah. So, uh, today is the 29th um so we're recording on the 29th so we hope you guys had a great christmas uh happy holidays to you guys new year's right around a corner uh just wanted to kind of recap 2019 and kind of touch base about what's going on in in 2020 we'll keep it short but
1: and just because uh we're doing this i think that uh we could probably post this one and yeah. then i think our plan going forward is going to be to try to Record a bunch uh, ahead of time, just so that there's not as big of a gap. Um, I know all of our loyal listeners out there. um, We actually do have some people that enjoy listening. Yeah, we've had
0: some people ask this week about where's when's the next podcast,
1: and we've just been super busy. Um, In a good way. Yeah, the the last time we had a podcast, we talked about having more podcasts, (laughs) (laughs) and uh, we've come (laughs) short of that. But uh, you know, we hope once Casey gets back and we're all back on the same page, we hope to you know get a get a decent lineup and do some recordings and then just kind of post them going forward and and I guess we'll make a group decision about that as we go. But um nah, to, I'm,
0: ex- I'm really excited for 2020.
1: Um you know, this is I just finished up my first full year of being a business. Congratulations, um, which you know, it's 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 a handful but it's something that I continue to hope see grow. Let um, me ask you this.
0: Did you Going back to your first day, do you think you'd be as busy as you are now?
1: Uh, it's funny you say that because no way, no, I, there's no way I didn't expect this much interest. But now that I've gotten this much interest, this much interest, I have a lot of desire to grow it. Yeah, um,
0: you're kind of like a crossroads.
1: Yeah, I'm. I'm very uh,
0: in a, like a, a positive. <clears throat> like, yeah,
1: I'm. I'm happy with where I've come, but I'm unhappy with where I'm at. So I want to continue to grow it, and it's. Uh, it's it's funny how that works you know i was hoping to see 3 people a week and i'm at the point where i'm seeing you know 4 5 6 people a day right um, and i just i just want to do more because i think it's it's been a privilege to work with people in the community and and kind of bring something new and have a new idea and have my name be on it so uh it's. I, I want to see. I want to see how far I can take it. For sure.
0: Yeah, I think you're on the right path. You're, you're definitely heading in the right direction. If you guys want any more information about Zach, he just posted in what Cash PT is since he's the first to do it in our in our region. He just posted a really good video on his. Uh, was that your Instagram story? It was Instagram. I yeah. shared it to Facebook, but it's, it's uh, also it, it's, it's a scr- really good.
1: It scratches the surface. You know, there's a lot of questions that people may have, and and what I always tell people is if you if you have an ailment and need me to see it. Um, you know, guaranteed one-on-one treatment for me from a orthopedic clinical specialist, but it's also something where I will look into your insurance benefit and I will make it make sense for you. Um, if it does make sense, and I'd say, I'd say ninety-five percent of the time it does. Yeah. Um, did you
0: mention that you got accepted for care credit on your video? I did. Okay. Because um, I think that'll be a big help.
1: So care credit is a is a credit card that if you want to put a lump, <laughs> excuse me, a lump sum of money, um. You know, for for care or whatnot, you can you can pay it off at zero interest. Yeah, we
0: we did it. Silas had a uh, pretty unfortunate accident. He's sitting here in a chair watching, but we used a care credit for his his vet bills, so well, it's definitely beneficial. Well,
1: plus, take the stress out of it. In uh, twenty twenty, I'm doing a you know up to three visits, 100 percent money back guarantee. Um, I don't if, think you'll get that I- you issue. Know, if 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 I can't do something to help you, I'm not saying that. Uh, I'm not saying that by visit three, you'll be a hundred percent pain free, but if I can't do something to help you in three visits, then, you know, I'll stand by what I do. Um, so that's new for me, but there's a, what's, what's the vision for the gym?
0: Uh, I think we're, we're heading in the right direction. Um, 2019 has been kind of, we, we saw a lot of changes in 2019, um, from, from literally from the beginning of the year all the way up until today. Um, just uh, we have some some changes happening behind the scenes that it's going to look a little different um, for us, the ownership group. Uh, starting in 2020, <laughs> the the general population, general public won't really see a difference there. But uh, we have some changes coming up. I think uh, I think 2019 was a lot of learning, a lot of growing um, from my elbow injury the end of February uh, to uh, a couple changes within, and then obviously super excited baby Dorman will be here at the end of March. So that that's going to be a big change in 2020 that I'm super excited about. Um, I'm really kind of anxious to see how that's going to look, um, as with a newborn and owning and operating a business that requires me to be there to run. (laughs) So, uh, but fortunately, um, this year we saw our staff grow exponentially and we have awesome people working with us and our coaches and trainers are, are, are the best in town. So, um, I'm confident that I could take a full year off, and this gym would run just as smooth with me not here as it is here. Maybe even smoother. Honestly, probably. (laughs) I wouldn't care. But, no, 2019 was a lot of learning. Um I'm excited for 2020. we just extended our lease so we'll be here for another three years and then we also added another four, thousand square feet to our space. So
1: what are you doing with the space?
0: Uh, so right now space we uh, we added six more Olympic platforms so now we got fourteen Olympic platforms um, we moved some stuff around just to become more efficient um, so now we're officially in twenty thousand square feet um, with the plans to hopefully grow in the near future so I don't necessarily want to see us grow square footage wise i want to see us like level up as far as offerings value um we're looking into hopefully adding a kids a permanent kids room um that other space is going to be mostly all open gym equipment so our open gym area was 1200 square feet now it's over it's roughly a little over 4000 square feet so we're going to be adding some more equipment there um we added another rig back there we're getting some more plates in this week or next week um, depending on the holiday shipping schedule, but I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing, seeing where the gym's heading in the, in the first few months. So,
1: and we want to know what you guys want to see. So, uh, you know, reach out to us at Holman and PT um, on Facebook, Home and and Physical Therapy on Facebook, Home and PT on Instagram, or uh, Dorman Sports Performance on both platforms as well.
0: And Iron Luck CrossFit. We set that, that was another big change. We separated the two. So, uh, Facebook and Instagram, Dorman Sports Performance, uh, and then Facebook, Instagram uh, at Iron Luck CrossFit for for more information. We have some uh, specials coming up that we're going to be posting here tonight or tomorrow. Uh, for the new year, we're really excited about those. I think uh, we're trying to create the lowest barrier of entry to get into the facility so you guys can start reaping the benefits of your efforts. So, um, yeah, we were, uh, we're super excited to end the year with you guys. Uh, thanks for supporting us. I know we've gotten a lot of questions. Um, hopefully in 2020 we, uh, we're able to give you something weekly at the least, um, even if it's a shorter just Zach and I and Casey or just one of us popping in, just checking in on you guys, see how you're doing. Um, I hope we can kind of get that way with 2020. So if you guys have any suggestions or if you want us to cover any topics, please reach out to us Um, and we'll see you in 2020.
1: Let's roll the tape.
2: Oh, you didn't know?
0: You don't know squad
1: This podcast is typically ran by me, Freddie, and Casey Katz. You know Casey Kant's the news guy?
0: News anchor. Uh, he's
1: our age, so so yeah. so you may so he's like the he's like the big ticket in Altoona. Everybody knows Casey Kans. Everybody loves him. He's a local celebrity. Um, he was almost, just in a couple movies. He was.
0: He's on vacation in Florida. We miss you, Case.
1: Um, but he uh, is a very close like Joe Murgos one A and Casey mm. Kans is one B. Mm. Um, I but disagree. Any, but anyway, Casey Kans. <laughs> <laughs> Casey Kance is uh, typically our third guy here, and he's our interviewer. Third uh, wheel. But. He's in Florida. He is so in Florida. So now you have me and Freddie Dorman and Ryan O'Connor. So, Fred.
0: Hey, guys. Welcome to another episode, episode 18 of You Don't Know Squad. I'm Freddie Dorman, uh, co-hosted with my, my pal Zach. Say hello, Zach.
1: Hello, Zach.
0: And today we have a really special guest. Uh, we have Mr. Ryan, a.k.a. Rocco O'Connor. Welcome <sighs> to the podcast. Thanks. The phones just start blowing. Real, up
1: real, real low budget here. We make our own sound effects. Right? That's right. Okay.
0: So right. you can't hear me clapping right now, but I will be here shortly. So,
1: so the last time we had a podcast, we we had like a three month hiatus. Like we literally did podcasts where we did them every week for like twelve, 12 weeks, weeks. Um, and we were having fun doing it. Then we had like a three month hiatus just because we're all busy, and then we had one the last podcast, and we said. No more hiatuses, we'll be back. That was about two months ago. <laughs> <laughs> well wow. maybe longer.
0: So I guess what we could do is I mean, fortunately we've been very busy. That's probably why the uh
1: oh, we've kinda of, we've kinda of been busy.
0: Yeah. I think we we've been fairly busy, especially in the gym here and with, with you rolling and then life things happen sometimes things get in the way but
1: yeah so a little update go ahead fred where have we been what have we been doing what's the plan
0: uh no plan i don't like plans i'm kidding there is a plan
1: so i think the plan zach <laughs> i think our, our our plan coming forward, in Rocca, and you can tell us if you agree with this is i think we're going to record like 10 of these and then Schedule them for a later, in- so people don't know we're doing this today. Mm-hmm. Schedule them for a later release, and then we'll get like a ten week break. So rather than just trying to find somebody every weekend, yeah, you know. And and to be honest with you, Fred and I were going to come in here and just do like a little current like uh, state of the union. state of the union where Which we're I at. What we're still going to do? Yeah, we'll upgrade some people, but uh, and upgrade. then I walk update. Excuse <laughs> me.
0: I mean, we could upgrade
1: something, people. Yeah. That'd be nice. But instead, Canada. I walked in here, and we thought you were in Canada. And I walked in here, and he's on the bike, freaking pedaling a marathon. And uh, I said, "Hey, Rocco, don't know what your plans are after that marathon, but you're going to be on a podcast." And
0: you've rode a marathon before, haven't you? Yeah. You're psychotic. Yeah. Yep. They just in that game. So just let's like three hours. Let's uh, let's kind of give us give uh, I guess Zach and I each have our own stories on how we met you very i'm sure very similar um but just as far as a background you're originally from the altuna area yes yep. went to high school bishop guilfoyle
2: yeah
1: back in the day like nowadays crazy all these state championships and stuff
2: now huh? i know yeah. i wish yeah. that happened Brand new weight we there. Room.
1: well we we had the idea whenever we were in high school hey let's can let's join teams and let's win a state championship and uh bg was pretty set on winning a state championship which they didn't and uh altoona we were pretty set on winning a state championship which we didn't but uh we should have done it
2: yeah
0: like actually that was a plan
1: well we would always joke like so nowadays from what i understand the bg and the altoona kids they they don't hate each other but they're not buddies you know what i mean like if you go freddie went to bellwood i went to altoona rocco's from um bishop guilfoyle and we we're all we're all buddies um Whenever I was in high school, so the way I met Rocco is actually through Emily Brown. Yep. Um, I was actually at, Emily Brown's a family friend. Um, Her mom is a teacher at Altoona, a friend of my Mm -hmm. family. And uh, I played baseball with her little brother, Chris. And for some, I don't even know why I was there. I I just happened to be over at Emily Brown's house.
0: Chris the singer.
1: Chris Brown, yeah, the guy that beats all those women. Jesus. Uh, anyway <laughs> no he's not the singer he is okay. he is a uh very good athlete Yikes. from bg played football at iup good good kid good guy shouldn't call him a kid but um chris brown i know we're not talking about him but ironically enough was like a playing eight years old when i whenever he was eight i was 12 and i kind of brought him up under the ropes into the little league world and uh kind of taught him how to be a be an athlete. But anyway, it's neither here nor there. Um, I went to Emily Brown's house, and all the BG kids were there. So Emily Brown transferred from Bishop Guilfoyle to Altoona her 10th grade year. So she was kind of the – she's who introduced us to – So you would –
0: how old were you at this point?
1: I mean, we would have been 15, 14.
2: Yeah, like time, or sophomore, right, in high school. It would have been right around the same time you and I would have met. Yeah, I think it was a rarity, though, that – we were all, like, hanging out together. Cause it was, because, it, like you said, before that, there wasn't, like, Altoona BG guys hanging out together. And then, like, now, I don't think that's happening. It does not happen. It doesn't yeah. happen as frequent, though. No. It's funny, because yeah. a lot of...
1: Like, whenever I was at Altoona, my first two years, my senior year, we were not good, but mm-hmm. we went to Western Finals, and we were good, and so was Bishop Guilfoyle. Mm-hmm. Like, we, we were no slouches, but uh I remember... A lot of people would get upset with um, – <laughs> I've, I've been told by many people that we are very confident whenever Whenever I was like 10th, 11th grade airing on the side of arrogant. And uh, some of the BG kids are disliked because they're winners. You know what I mean? An Altoona program is struggling, and I hope to see it turn around. But uh, I think they Their don't new get along. Room is sick. But I think that they don't get along because, you know – they're kind of, they're very confident and mm-hmm. we're friends with a lot of them. I mean, friends, we, 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 I've treated a couple Fred has them as clients, mm-hmm. um, the whole team, but I think that's the difference. I think that some people are a little upset that the, of, of their success where I like to see any success in the area. Mm-hmm. Cause, cause then people talk about Altoona and that's yep. what people should do.
0: Yeah. Cause it's, uh, I would say similar story, but different stories. So, Coming up, Rocco, uh, really good football player, made the transition to being a hockey goalie. <laughs> and we actually played high school hockey against each other. And uh, the, I believe the first time we had met was at the Millersville goal, or Hockey School. Yep. Yeah. With uh, Deet was there, Sprouse he was there. And we were probably 14 at this mm-hmm. hockey school. It was like week long, two times a day. And we had met there. Um I hadn't I wasn't a goalie yet, but he was there. And then we just kinda from playing adult league or so youth
1: league, we became so pretty Ryan impressed. O'Connor was a goalie before you. Uh
2: right around the yeah. same time I'd say, yeah. So yeah, because I started up at like focus playing roller hockey and yeah. then BG got the team. Yeah. And Sprouse and those guys talked me into it wasn't going out for it. And yeah. I had never been on the ice before in my life. And I remember going out there, like, the first <laughs> couple weeks, and I was like, I, I was not used to not being good at sports. And yeah. I was just, like, falling all over Here's the place. Here's
0: the thing. So, goalie playing that position takes a lot, of, uh, a lot of skill, but it's a lot more mental, which I'm sure we can get more into with Rocco as we get into his story. But he was athletic, and you could tell. I still remember to this day being on the ice. I believe he you tore your groin. Or your my, quad,
2: my, my hamstring. Oh, yeah. that's right. Your hamstring.
0: I still he, never got
2: that repaired, dude. He uh, <laughs>
0: he hit the ice and it was not pretty. It was he tried to I do a split st- and it just ah!
1: I would I st- put a, I would put a pair on those like uh, Air Monarchs, the white ones, and I'd have somebody just push me out <laughs> to the net, like just real wide base and just stand there in the net. That's what I would have done.
0: No, he was super athletic. That's the one thing with that position, you have to be. Well, it's you can't just be big. I mean, he's always been a, a big guy from football, but he could move really well. He's fast well
1: it's funny you said that um because Rocco and I bonded so Rocco I remember the Rocco and all the BG kids coming in and I hated Mike Sprouse and still do to this day (laughs) hi Mike um but uh I remember Rocco and I just took to each other because we were both big mongoloids and and like I'm taller than Rocco but Rocco was real thick and always he was a good center for BG but that's kind of what we would train together occasionally. We, mm-hmm. we were talking about we. I mean, we all trained the same place. When, yeah, pro care. We got. Yeah, whenever we were, whenever we were coming up, and we were all. Uh, I mean, it's kind of funny how all of our worlds just kind of overlapped, and, yeah. then, and then Freddie got a big crush on me, and still won't leave me. What on. the
0: funny thing is is that we, Zach and I, didn't meet really. We knew who each other. I don't think he knew who I was. I had no clue. I knew who he was because of Mr. Jeff Stevens, and uh, <laughs> it's really funny that. Our paths didn't cross until much later because you guys all hung out, hung out with like Sprouse and I hung out with all you guys. We just never mm-hmm. were doing it at the same time. Yeah.
1: I met Freddie when I was in college and he was coaching these little Weaver kids. Camp. The Weaver, Weaver, Weaver camp. The Dave Weaver camp, yeah. And I was training for football and Freddie...
0: You were interning at the time. Was I right? interning? Yeah. I thought I was playing. No, you. I think you were still playing, but you were interning because oh, okay. you ran the uh, off-ice for him.
1: Yeah. So, and Freddie would not leave me alone. Freddie would come talk to me every single day, and he'd be like, "Hey, Zach, I'm Freddie, and I, I want to." I don't up. sound like that at all. And uh, <laughs> I just remember always going home, being like, "Who is this guy that won't leave me alone?" Here's
0: here's a fun fact, though. He was the first one to
1: that we that he kissed. No. Ah. <laughs>
0: so, Rock, can you tell me the story? This is completely unrelated. Can you tell me the story? I don't know if we actually should tell the story. Tell us the story about the kid that you guys zipped up in a hockey bag.
2: <laughs> oh, Jesus. I just had to tell that story last night. Did too. you really? Yeah. To who? Uh, I, I'm sure Deet and Sprouse. It was right up now. at uh, Craig's house. Just out, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. I thought it was in the locker room. Didn't something happen in the locker room?
2: He broke his ankle in the locker room.
0: Yeah, that's it. <laughs> that's the story you had to tell. Let's leave Let's leave the names yeah, out. Yeah, of yeah it, no names. But yeah uh the the story i had I had heard and step in if you want i guess uh in a locker room, I won't say where uh apparently they put a kid in a hockey bag. I don't know if Rocco was uh involved with this no I was not
2: i was, I couldn't I was imagine
0: good, yeah, I mean, I was yeah I couldn't see him doing this but it's
1: funny because he's such a high astute is that the word he's he's so well respected nowadays. days. But I'm, I'm shocked that it wasn't Rocco being zipped up in the bag. Yes.
2: At, well. They couldn't get me in the bag. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you I, would I'd, I'd
1: be,
0: sw- be swinging. Yeah. Hockey's a great, great sport for average-sized kids. But so, tell yeah. the story. So from what I was told, they zipped this kid up in a hockey bag and started hitting him with sticks? Well, was it no, a stick?
2: Well, no. The, the Well, they're two separate stories. That, that happened. What's the other one? They took him out and they put him on the middle of the ice in the hockey bag, in the goalie bag. And he was just moving around. Uh, <laughs> just like I'm not gonna get into any more details. Yeah, than that, there's some but, more too. Well But the back. uh but no, the other one was he always tried fighting with people Yeah, know, I remember messing that. around before practice and stuff and he was messing around with one of the guys and he was pushing on him and the guy pushed him back and he rolled his ankle and it broke. It ended uh, up snapping. Yeah, it snapped, but then he went and did push ups to try to forget about the pain. <laughs> and then we went on the ice. And he was in the locker room. And then he, I just remember being at the end of the ice and everybody was at the other end. They are doing breakout drills and they were going through what was going to happen. And I heard the ho- the door to the locker room open beside me. I see him coming out using his stick as a crutch. <laughs> and then he just fell and he didn't have his helmet on yet. And he fell at such an angle that his face... Propped up against the ice, and his legs were at the perfect angle that he couldn't do anything but slowly slide down with his face <laughs> on the plexiglass until That's he awful. fell on the ground. This kid, really, and then, then from what I remember, he couldn't scream. really skate very yeah. long Yeah, and then I heard him go "ow," and then <laughs> I was looking over and I couldn't see him anymore because he's below the boards but I just saw the, the locker room door slowly opening up because <laughs> so he, 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 he was crawling back into the locker room. That's awesome.
1: Yeah, but in those days, hockey was so new that oh my God. nobody yeah, could 90, 90, Yeah, I remember. I mean, it was a bunch of football players well, the, for yeah. BG.
2: You remember the first game was like 11 nothing. Well, you we had to lost. back
0: up. So there was another kid, Neil Caldwell, who's yeah. another Bella boy, who was a really good goalie. Yeah. Um, so you got to back up him. And then we ended up playing against each other our junior and senior years because he was two years older. Mm-hmm. Um, so we got we had a lot of games against each other. But I remember like Gifford Piper from yep. Hollysburg. He was he uh, um, he did pretty well for n- never hadn't skated before. John Billick, who's one of our coaches, was a really good football player, but also a phenomenal hockey player. So he ended up
1: quitting football for hockey. That's right. And yep.
0: then uh, just stopped playing. He played at Penn State Altoona. Here he was a captain for a couple years and he just got done. But but yeah, it's uh, like I was kind of trailing back. side so guy, right, you have to go outside. Hold on, pause. Go ahead, Cy. Si. But uh, it's funny how like all these worlds were so different, but now it's all it's coming like full circle. Yeah, isn't that
1: neat? <laughs> 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 Sorry, Sai. side threw me for a loop there. Yeah, so good story.
0: Let's go through. So finish high school, and then before we go, Rocco's story is nuts. Like, absolutely crazy what this the, kid's well,
1: done. So it's funny because... In a good way. Nobody ever... N- nobody would be surprised if you heard that Rocco was doing what he's doing today. Correct. But Rocco was always... He was always the butt of jokes. He's always... Because he could take it and whatever. But nobody's surprised to hear that he's so successful with what he's doing and doing all this crazy stuff. But, you know, it's it's funny because my my memories of Rocco are always like... The time that he would chug bottles of hot sauce, yeah, or or the the mouse trap. <laughs> <laughs> on the couch. Oh, that
0: mousetrap story! I never laughed so hard. Oh my god! Yeah,
1: and and that was me, you, and Tribus. Yeah, and, Tribus. And we the story is is that we kept <laughs> we kept. <laughs> getting Rocco to sit on a mousetrap of
0: some no, sort. It was, it was like the first time, right? We got it on video. It looked well, like we threw, shot it on You,
2: a, you threw we the kept, the mouse trap Oh yeah, We, we kept them throwing, throwing it out, him at Hoping him, yeah. it would yeah. snap
0: and catch him. And then he goes into the... I believe it was your kitchen. Yeah. And then I'm sitting beside you Zach's like sitting sideways on a like a love seat, videotaping According. with look, look, I knew like, something
2: was up, so I was staring at you guys, yeah,
0: and then I slid the mouse trap underneath this blanket, <laughs> and then Travis sat to the left of me, so he the, the only other place to sit was either on the floor or to the right of me, and you uh it worked like a charm. He came in, sat right down where that mouse trap was, <laughs> snapped him right in the rear end. And then I don't I don't and think I've it got ever got a little seen bit.
1: It's something else. There, yeah. yeah. That, well, well, there <laughs> it hurt. Oh, it it? hurt. Oh yeah. Well, th- there was another part of that where we were in the kitchen, and so- somehow we snapped. Oh, him and Tribus were fighting, and Tribus had the mousetrap. He's like, "I'm going to throw this at you." And Rocco, went oh after my and after, he God, threw it right and caught that. his big toe. Oh yeah. Oh man, that that was a good day. But yeah. Then the the plate of salt that he chugged one time, and then I remember. Yeah. That. I, I remember the one time you and I had a boxing match with. Uh, hulk hands yep um over at matt allender's house i don't know that i don't we used to go to fires there and he's he's a great dude Mm -hmm. um it's just kind of it's another one of those kind of you know one-off type things that we were buddies with alex hersey and, and matt allender and we were at a fire there and we decided to have a boxing match with uh hulk gloves and it was just a bunch of like sweating and groaning. That's all it was. That's it's typically also, what it's like it's when we all hang
2: out. It's not good when you're five foot nine going up against <laughs> yeah. somebody who's what, where are you 6'3", <laughs> yeah. yeah. Some, somebody I had a, little bit of a I had a little bit of a reach on them, yeah, and so, uh, I'm not very forgiving either. No, <laughs> yeah.
0: no, and you're you just got done playing football. No, so it was not, before I was oh, in high it was, school. It was in high yeah. school, so trying. you were like in the midst of the testosterone boost.
1: Yeah, I never really had. I mean, I was. It's always been a downhill slide for yeah, me. Yeah, that's true. But yeah, so then Rocco decides, you know, I'm going off the pit. Everybody's going to these, you know, slippery rocks, you know. Some people are going to play sports, everybody's going to college and Rocco says, "You know what? I'm going to go different. I'm going to go Merchant Marine Academy." Yeah. And none of us understood why the hell. Like what what, what well, the what hell? Is it? It is? Well,
2: before that, I was going to I went out to the Marine Corps recruiter out in like Pleasant Valley, and I was going I wanted to enlist as a, like, a scout sniper. And then my dad, you know, being enlisted Navy, about the same time I got accepted in Merchant Marines, he was just like, you're going to college. So,
1: Well, that's funny because Rocco, I mean, unfortunately, sometimes people think that the reason you go military is because you don't have the academics to go to an academic school um, or you don't have, you know, the the you're kind of at your wit's end. I don't know what I'm going to do, so I'm going to enlist and join the military. And Rocco was like, a four O guy, Rocco, mm-hmm. was a very good athlete and said, you know what, I'm going to do this military life. And it's something that I always had interest in doing, but just never had the... I uh, thought I was going
0: to the NHL at that point. Yeah, life. I
1: mean, ditto, NFL, but um, never... I came up uh, very short, but, um, you know, it's something that I uh, always admired people doing. and something I had an interest in doing, but just didn't have the uh,
2: testicular fortitude to pull the trigger so
0: what is the merchant
2: marines so it's the well the the merchant marine academy is the fifth service academy but the actual merchant marines is like the civilian um the government which is headed by like maritime administration and then also like a military sector in which like say world war three broke out you know there's a whole list of ships because 90% of all equipment goes and Commerce right now ninety percent goes by sea, so it's it's part of the national um strategic policy of like you know to to keep the economy going, you need to have a good merchant marine because of how much stuff goes by sea so in peace it's it's more of the moving goods back and forth across the ocean, so container ships oilers you know like you think of how much oil we import and all that stuff it has come by ship. Or you know uh, the military sectors like the auxiliary ships that fuel the the air or fuel the different navy ships, or the ammo carriers, and then salvage ships and everything like that. And then um, the government sector is there's constantly military equipment being moved everywhere. So like there's prepositioned ships around the world. Then the event of World War Three you know kicks off and stuff needs to be moved. They're pre-positioned stock in strategic places in the world that can get to certain areas within Quickly. certain yeah, amounts of do time. Other,
1: do other countries do stuff like that?
2: Yeah. Actually, the U.S. Merchant Marine is a little bit smaller, but I don't know about if they have the pre-positioned stock and all that stuff. What we do with the military sector, too. Because you think,
1: you think that everybody would be in the same spots, like? just holding up their ships
2: yeah there. it's it, it's uh i mean just different islands that we have around the world and stuff like that or we have agreements with you know the brits or somebody like that i, mean, I know like the the big powerhouses do it i don't think like smaller countries do it and then um
1: they probably, they probably don't have the resources yeah
2: so like world war ii the merchant marines had actually you know one in 26 merchant mariners were killed and then for the merchant marine academy it's you know out of all the service academies, it's the only one that has battle standard because, like West Point or Naval Academy, they went after they graduated. But Merchant Marines, you know, you got out to sea for a year while there. And even in the 40s, they did that. So there was cadets killed while they were still midshipmen at the Merchant Marines. So, but still why, in training, they, they yeah, they were it. still in college. But it so it was uh, 142 were killed. So that's why it's uh. It had, it's the only one that has like a battle standard because guys have been in war while at school. But well, I mean, you know, everybody shits on it. You know, especially me being the army now and yeah, coming from that and like the technically we're all in the navy reserves while there. Mm-hmm. So,
1: so even like people that you work with now will still shit on it. Yeah, jokingly, but, but, just but because know, the that's, whole navy. That's the and whole, and whole, yeah, yeah, yeah. That. yeah the,
0: but you but played talk, football there too, right?
2: Yeah, and talk about how and hard it was to get in there. Yeah, so just like any of the other service academies get a congressional nomination and go through the physicals and then you know, write essays and then interviews. And but, then
1: But to get a congressional nomination alone is tough.
2: Yeah, there's only a certain number of allocations to certain districts and all that stuff and so that was yeah, you have to have high grades, and then for me, I did engineering there, so marine engineering. I remember
1: you calling me all the time during your engineering and football and stuff, and just saying like, "Well, I slept two hours last night because yeah, I had all this crazy stuff do, and I had to play football." Did you play all four years of football? Yeah, yeah you played all Four years, yeah. And and that's uh,
0: what kind of level of, of play is that?
2: It's it's D three, yeah, okay. it's D three, but it's one of the harder conferences for D three, and then, so I feel um, like you'd
0: have like Division one athletes but they wanted to go the military route. So
2: so they have I mean there's there's guys like the lacrosse program. It you know, they play a lot of 1AA teams and everything. And like some of the teams we played even you know, from upstate New York like Union or Hobart, like those those schools and like some of those guys were double athletes, you know, and the lacrosse players were D1AA, you know, and yeah. lacrosse and then they're D3 in football. So it was uh it was interesting. And then yeah. Did you the, play RPI? Yeah. yeah, yeah. We
1: play RPI. R- RPI is a D one hockey program. They have a D one, yeah. Yep. And their D three, their football. Did you ever go to RPI and play? Yeah, yeah, we it's did. Super nice. There. Yeah, it's beautiful. A lot of money there. A lot. A lot of, so the school I went to PT school is literally down the hill. Hmm. Like I literally went to PT school. I my my first year of PT school, I could hit RPI with the baseball. Yeah. Um, it's it's a shame that I wasn't there when you were playing, or I would have went and saw you play. Yeah, um, that would have been cool. No, you wouldn't. have. I could have walked there. You still wouldn't walk. Yeah, you're right. I probably wouldn't. yeah. I would have wore it. I would have went shirtless and wore an O'Connor shirt. Did you play O line there?
2: No, no. I was on D line. That's right. They switched me because that's right. My freshman year, we go through like Marine Corps style in indoctrination. In it was uh, I lost like thirty thirty four pounds or something there. Remember how skinny I was my freshman year? Yeah. So I lost all that weight, and then because of constantly you know plebe life like you're you're just constantly being not haze but certain things that some they're people testing may, you the whole yeah time. they're testing you they're so they can't talk you can't talk outside your room walk six six inches from a wall or the side of the sidewalk you have to run outside to classes you got to square every corner you know got to eat a certain way like basically couldn't talk outside your I'm having, room or in the faculty or, or I'm in getting the, anxiety just listening to I'm the having, academic. Area. I'm
1: having flashbacks of this because they also used to joust a lot too.
2: Oh yeah, <laughs> the jousting incident. What
1: they used to? Take,
2: uh, well, it was freshman year because you're you're stuck on campus. You weren't allowed to leave except for like every once in a while you got is like this a an old, pass. old guy school. And there's a couple, I mean, it's like 7% women okay. right now. I think so they're it trying is to technically co-ed. Yeah, but, it's okay. co-ed. It's just that there's not much interest. So there's only three engineer majors or three deck side majors. And so you just don't get a lot of women that are really into, you know, doing that lifestyle because you're going to be at sea for a lot. Right. But, I mean, the ones that were there are super smart, you know, super tough and everything. And like. and But the, uh, yeah. is the, there
1: a lot of attrition? Did you lose a lot of people?
2: Yeah, it you was. Did. Yeah, it was like academically because mm-hmm. you're doing it's like sixty some credits your freshman year because you're on trimester and you're doing like twenty per try and it's all hard science, physics and thermodynamics and
1: and twenty per try and yeah, so a trimester is shorter than a semester, right? And they're doing twenty credits. That's a lot. So yeah, my senior year at Pitt because I was trying to graduate on time. I didn't. Um, <clears throat> I took. 22 credits and 21 credits and it was the hardest thing i've ever done and i had more time than to try to do it but anyway go ahead
2: yeah it's i mean they, they it, by far though they they call it you know america's best kept secret because you look every year on uh, like princeton review and all that stuff for like highest paying school straight straight out college for majors it's always like top three i mean it's it's right there every year and You know, it's a six-figure job pretty much guaranteed straight out. But you're going to be, you know, at sea or doing something like that. You know, but you could do 100-some days, and it's like a qualifying year. Because the the obligation back to the government is either six years um, in a nautical field and then eight years Navy Reserves, the Navy Reserves program is pretty easy for it because it's like you're doing that job daily anyway, so now you're just throwing your uniform on. And go into like San Diego and try to like figure out when your buddies can go so you can meet up and everything. And it's like once a year. But, um,
1: but don't let them, don't let them f- skip the point here. They used to get on wheeled chairs with broomstick handles and <laughs> shit.
2: Well, yeah, that happened one time because it was a horrendous, Did you win? horrendous incident. Not with me. <laughs> I was just a spectator mm. per, per usual. And, yeah. uh, yeah, and, it was one of the days where all the seniors had left, and uh, yeah, and they decided, you know, we're bored, we're stuck. It's a bunch of guys stuck on in a building in wintertime, and they decided they were going to joust on rolling chairs. No alcohol? No, no yeah, alcohol. You can't a, have any alcohol on the It's a, it's a, it's on, a dry school. campus, yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah, completely sober. Did anybody ever but, get alcohol in? Yeah, uh, I mean, people... You, if you were gonna drink, you'd go out to like the park down there yeah, and okay. everything. Um, it, and it's funny because like even like alumni still to this day, like older alumni still go to that park and will drink just to bring back memories. That's but funny. yeah, they they're jousting. They didn't. Nobody realized they put the the metal side towards each other, like where the actual mop head goes into. And when they got pushed into each other, one hit the guy's chest and. Cut his chest pretty good, but the other went right into the uh, other guy's
1: nutsack, nutsack, I believe. Yes. And,
2: <laughs>
1: and it, tore and it. it <laughs> no. Oh, yeah. Cut
2: oh. open. And it, ca- it came out. Talk about <laughs> an easy vasectomy. I mean, oh, it
0: Did you put it back in? No, I, mean, it back he, in. He,
2: I remember him running to the room, and his face was white, and he had his hand oh. down his shorts, and he pulled it out. It was covered in blood, and it was like basically unraveled in his hand. And we we're just like, oh, boy. Oh, my God. We we're all screwed. <laughs> Like Did you get in trouble? It. So they, I don't know exactly what he said of how it happened. I'm not going to get into those details, but I believe he, he stated a, a way, different way of how it happened. Because I understand
1: that this podcast will probably be listened to by...
0: Ten people tops. <laughs> yeah. Let's be honest.
1: Millions in the world. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe
2: yeah. somebody knows somebody. Yeah, yeah. And
1: they'll sit there and say... We've
0: had a couple downloads in Australia.
2: Yeah. Have you? Mm-hmm
1: we actually get whenever
0: but we but i know somebody there that listens yeah. to it, so it's not like it's some random person whenever we
1: put some of this stuff out yeah. like like we need international people fred like this guy knows a lot of different I mean, I, people I, I can
2: i can network we'll, we'll put we'll put his everywhere. name on here
0: speaking of which complete side note where is it where is the merch marines
2: uh kings point new york, new york yeah okay. like 8 miles straight line distance from manhattan so you can see manhattan from yeah
0: like the did you have, like, a when you were there, did you have, like, an end goal? Like, did you think you'd be doing what you're doing now while you were there? Or did you no. have, like, something else? Because I know we so, can't yeah. really tell, talk much tell about, him about
1: what about we're the, doing. Tell him about the job that you're offered out of. Yeah, I mean, I could
2: work, you know, six-figure job working, you know, straight out of school. With and we say
1: six figures. We're not talking, like, $100,000. You're talking, yeah, like. Yeah, I have buddies that are, like, chief,
2: chief engineers making a lot of money right now. Yeah. But he was going
1: to work, correct me if I'm wrong, like eight months out of the year mm-hmm. and out on a oil rig somewhere, you know, doing whatever he needs to do. Baracko said, oh, I think I'm going to go active duty instead.
2: Yeah. I, I mean, I spent some time on like one of the Navy auxiliary ships and stuff, but I just wanted to, you know, I got awards for like supporting oh, I, Operation Iraqi Freedom and all that stuff. But I wanted to do something a little bit more direct. And my whole plan was I always want to do something crazy in the military. So but I was going to do Marine Corps, but couldn't go OCS during, like, the summers because of uh, football. Mm-hmm. So, like, I would have had to graduate, then get my engineering degree after I did the OCS down there. So you're literally just delaying but, everything. Yeah, so I was like, and I worked hard for the engineering degree, and then the Army was basically, you know, two wars going on. Like, oh, you can do whatever you want. So that's so why I went in there.
1: Time number two that Rocco did something... As Robert Frost would say, he chose, you know, he went the uh, two roads diverged in the yellow wood and he took the one less traveled. Oh, that's good. Pretty did smart. you look
0: that up before this?
1: Yeah. No, huh? I'm pretty smart. But anyway. Uh, <laughs> that's bullshit. <laughs> but anyway, the second time that Rocco did that.
0: You have that pulled up on your computer. Right
1: and, <laughs> and the and the second time that it's benefited him. True. Like, like I'm, I am I can comfortably tell you that I'm jealous with with Rocco's life right now just because it's... It's more it's it's exciting, I think. I mean the guy's yeah. everywhere. He was telling us the other day, hey, I think I might go to Canada for a couple days and Fred and I were like, Oh well, I think I'm gonna go uh run my vacuum cleaner.
0: Put floors down in a nursery.
1: <laughs> but uh Which we got done. Yeah, we did. But um so Rocco decides to go active duty army. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And go ahead. Tell like what what made you pick army over over anything else?
2: Well, the whole thing was originally I wanted to be like, go Army, Special Forces, and different things like that. But, oh, I mean, the Marine Corps was going to be my number one. But just because, uh, like I said, I couldn't just... It, it would have been delayed. And I and then I wasn't guaranteed, like, a combat position, like a combat, combat job. I didn't want to do, like, a supply or something like that. So I, the Army, you know, guaranteed me to do wherever i wanted with it so i joined in the army it's pretty funny because like did you I, just go
0: through the whole boot camp and everything no
2: it was direct was gonna, commission yeah. for the army and so for me like first time i got army uniform like went up to west point a couple of us that were commissioning there bought uniforms threw them on and then i remember like you know come back here because then it took a while for them to it's kind of a big deal just
0: getting like hey you don't have to do like all these steps you mm-hmm. get to skip all this
2: yeah, but I, I still had to do, like, the officer schools and all that. But for me, like, uh, you know, I really didn't know anything about Army. You know, usually you either come from West Point or ROTC program where you've been doing Army stuff for four years. Mm. I did, like, nothing. And so then when it took – well, it took a while. I remember that I was back here for a while yeah. while they were trying to figure out how to switch me from the Merchant Marines in the Army because it's a pretty new program. And then – I remember sitting back here and being like, "I know nothing about army," and I was going in. It's the first time they were combining. Like, they had the basic officer course, f- which was like a generic one, Bullock Two, which was like where you learn the basic army stuff, like generic cross board doesn't matter what job you. Then you go with Bullock Three, which is your specific job that you're going to learn about. And then I was sitting at home and I was like, "I know not, none of this stuff." So I remember going and getting Sun Tzu, the Art of War, mm-hmm. which in retrospect didn't help me at all. But, I mean, it's a good, <laughs> it good, good read. A lot a good, of fundamentals. Thought, I mean, yeah. a lot of fundamentals in there. That, that they still use that as strategic. like a blueprint. Yeah, we, I mean, you still learn about that. What it's is just it? more strategic level it was, thought. It wasn't was it? old Chinese. Chinese
0: guy thousands of years ago, right? He wrote this like strategy for the, war yeah. that's still used today. Yeah,
2: because warfare, I mean... The basic concepts are still there, regardless what weapons you're using. And it was, like, way ahead of time. And it is, like, it's up there, you know, with all the other huge military strategists. Like, like, but I read that and then the Ranger Handbook to try learning about the Army. And then showed up, and they just expect me to know, like, land navigation and all that. And when I showed up, I remember everybody was giving me shit in the class because they were all calling me Navy guy and all that stuff. I remember they were doing a 10-minute refresher, and I'm, like, frankly running down, like, how to do this. It's not that hard, especially growing up out here in the woods and, Mm. like, hunting. But I remember finishing second out of, like, the 60 some guys in there, and they couldn't believe it just because it was, like, you know, the woods are the woods no matter where you were. That was out in Missouri. Yeah. Where I was there, but I don't yeah, know how you keep I track t-
0: of where all this shit is because you've been everywhere. Literally. Yeah. Everywhere.
2: I I
1: remember Rocco getting like uh he would get his assignments or whatnot, and he would he would just get an email and it would just be like, Up oh, the army's gonna send me here on this date yeah. and I have to leave it this time and then it would be I
0: remember when he got his Dodge Challenger. <sighs> oh, yeah. That thing I was just,
2: sick. Yeah, I just just got rivet. Did you? I just sold it. Oh, oh I yeah. remember when For, you first
0: bought that you picked me up, we went right to Zach's. Yep. The bar, not his. Well, <laughs> I'll have to come back with my new car that I'm getting. Oh, jeez.
2: I'm getting the C8 Corvette, oh. the new mid-engine. It looks like a I Lambo. I thought you were going to say
0: like a, a Prius.
2: No, I don't know if you've seen it, but. <laughs> I'm looking it up. C8 eight Corvette. Yeah, check out the new
0: I could see you in like mid-engine. a Tesla. I pulling up one I of those Cybertrucks. I, I, so I, I looked into did Tesla. Did you pre-order, pre-order a Cybertruck? No.
2: I'm shocked. it looks like out of... Uh, Grand Theft Auto or something. What the hell are you going
1: to do with this thing? What do you mean what? What, what if you end it?
0: up somewhere snowy?
2: I have so I have the you know the Acura that I have out there. Yeah. I, that's paid off too. So I sold, both cars were paid off. So I sold the Acura or I sold the Challenger. Uh, Challenger. That thing was sick. And you know being on deployments like you're just saving money. Yeah. And then after you know last deployment I realized how short life is. So, you might as well enjoy it while you can cuz you're not going to take the money with you. Yeah. I understand so that. You want to invest
1: that, uh, in a gym? <laughs>
2: well, I understand that's the I'm a
0: Corvette if you want to invest. <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah, it looks like a Lamborghini. That's yeah. a sick whip.
2: Yeah. What so color I, is it? So, probably pink. If you YouTube C8 Corvette Zeus Bronze, that's and I'll show you the 49 second video is the exact makeup of it.
1: Hold on a second, let me do this. There's going to be some silence. YouTube. What am I YouTubing? C8, C8
2: Corvette Zeus Bronze. <clears throat> so, would but, you? Uh, let me just that you know, because if people judge me for getting a car, Dude, I understand it's the the worst investment, but how I have a lot of investments already put aside. This is Let's just the one. extra money. And then I'm going to keep this. like It's the first mid-engine Corvette, like Z51. That's going to be worth something someday. Like, right. That's cool. that's yeah, exciting, man. Did you see the 49-second one, though, where they do a walk-around? Yeah, I just,
1: Cause, I just watched it.
2: Because that's the exact... Did you already order it? One. So I, yeah, you had to put in the allocation, you know, like the $1,000 reservation. So I'm like number two on the list down in North Carolina for at the dealership. But the GM strike pushed everything to the right. So really, my order should have been going in now. I get the car February or March, but now it's looking like I'll get it in April or May because it's they they don't start production until February third. Oh yeah. So yeah, so and that and it all goes in in order of like the allocations. So you should be one of I, the first. I, so March. So the dealership I'm dealing with has one in February, one allocation in February, and then I'm the one in march he has eight people who tried ordering and he has uh, you know um he has six allocations i think so i'm number 2 on the list so that's when
1: awesome. you when you say mid engine it's not in the front of the car
2: no it's behind the the driver's seat it's like a lamborghini do so it goes 0 60 in 2.9 seconds like 495 5 horsepower i'm assuming
0: this is not automatic
2: it is automatic. Really? It's the first year Corvette went all automatic because at this point, like, no one drives. humans can't like match the performance of the computers. That's so nuts. That makes so, sense. you're going to be
1: driving this thing 65 miles per hour down yeah, the road. Yeah,
0: you're a grandma, so I yeah, don't see I know. You flying I, I
2: won't be fine. I have a good driving this record. It looks like a spaceship. But, I mean, I'll have the Acura for the daily driver. It's called a Zeus then, Bronze. Of course, you ordered a Zeus Bronze. Yeah. You gotta get something different. I don't want something too flashy. <laughs> <laughs> Are you kidding? <laughs> and, no, oh, but like I mean, a two hundred thousand dollar Corvette. No, it's not that expensive. Um, but let's
0: get let's get off this vet talk. Um, so when you're this whole commissioning thing happens, how soon from there until you're actually deployed? Because you ended up in Iraq.
2: S- yeah. So I finished. I went. Oh, when was it? Like I, I went in, did like the six month of schooling. And I got to Fort Campbell, Kentucky. And then was there, like, lived across the street from the base. And then immediately got sent to some training. Came back. So I was paying for a place I lived in probably, like, two weeks. Because then Christmas vacation. And then it was within, like, the first eight months of being in. I was eight or nine months. Yeah, eight or nine months into the Army. And then I went to Iraq. And then... Went over there and did uh, route clearance in Baghdad and like Tikrit area. So looking for IDs.
0: Like bad at one point. Wasn't that like yeah. the worst area
2: for a while? Well, Baghdad was the the like was the, it, the triangle, triangle of death mm-hmm. area, and yeah, those. So I, I I I did uh, one route, the main route, looking for IDs and mm-hmm. like right there when we were in there. Like, two two guys for the unit we were replacing were killed. Mm. So it was like, knew it was going to be a, a tough deployment. Just Your first deployment first was how long? It was supposed to be a year, but it was cut a little bit short. It was like 10 months, a little over 10 months. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so went over there for a while and then came back and lived in Kentucky for a little bit and then decided to move from Kentucky and this whole time, I was doing a bunch of training and changing jobs at Fort Campbell. But then moved from there, and then moved in with my buddy and his wife in Tennessee. I remember that. And then was there for a little bit, and then finally, you know, Nashville was was down the road. Was his name Chris? Well, you met Chris Wilson. He yeah, He was the yeah, one yeah. in Missouri. Yeah, okay. Yep. I remember Didn't you Chris. live in Colorado for a while? Well, that's, that's later on. Oh, yeah, okay. so, and then I... Then I decided to live in Nashville because Nashville is awesome. But it was 67 miles each way to work. So I drove about 150 miles a day on the Challenger. And uh, I remember my buddy, I was preparing for Sapper School, which is another school where I lost 30-some pounds and just did some crazy stuff there. And then so you really have to study. I was studying, like, knots and, like, checkpoints and purposes of it because you got to say verbatim. While tying the knots for mountaineering and he was like i there's a place down there we gotta get down now though and if we want to get it and i was like i was pretty mad because i was leaving like the next day and so i was like all right man let's go and so i'm tying the knots while he's like driving down there i'm studying i have little flashcards. And we get down there and the guy finds out that you know we're military and it's right there beside belmont university and by vanderbilt so he had a bunch of college kids looking into it, and he was like, "Man, this place is you guys' yours if you want it because I trust you guys more than these college kids." And uh, which really, we we're just the your college, college kids, kids that were camo, military, yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I was like, you know, the, it was an awesome deal too—like a thousand dollars a month. And and so we we're like, we Sold. signed. We yeah. At first, we thought it was super sketch because how how low price it was. To live in that area and so we end up going with it and we couldn't move into like while I was at sapper school and i just remember one of the things while you know sucking out there and hanging life was like the thought that all right when i get done i'll be living back in nashville and so i did and like people would always give me shit and be like oh is it really worth it to live in nashville like because i was driving so far you know and don't go on the way up it, hour and five minutes but on the way back because of traffic it was like hour 25 minutes and i just listened like uh you know different books on tape and stuff but yeah i'd come back and i just remember like the vanderbilt or like belmont like girls track team (laughs) running past the house during summer, you're out there. Shirtless and I'm just like
0: with a cappuccino. <laughs>
2: yeah, I'm, I'm just. Well, when I'm driving and back your, in, and I your was silkies like, and your
0: shorty shorts.
2: Yeah. Well, me. Yeah, me. Me and my roommate had like a roll out CrossFit gym that we'd roll out in the backyard and just our, throwing
0: hay bales in the middle of downtown.
2: Our two neighbors, they were were like 37 years old, you know, married with young kids, and they'd always give us shit and be like, "Yo, you got to stop working outside." And we'd be doing hill sprints and stuff like that. He's like our wives are giving us shit saying we should be <laughs> joining you and you're making us look bad. Or what, they live vicariously through us when like, uh, uh, we got out of the limo at one thirty in the morning and it's like entire bachelorette party that we're with, <laughs> which nothing happened. We cooked them. Humble brag. <laughs> Humble cook, brag. No, but nothing happened. I end up cooking like two dozen eggs of for breakfast for everybody at the house. It's super that's cool. A, that's a typical rock. It was super yeah. cool that's though because Rocco. the one girl that we became friends with was from San Francisco, and like, probably a year and a half later, we went out to San Francisco for a wedding, and this girl was like, "Oh, you showed us around Nashville, like we'll show you guys around in San Francisco," and so it was. It worked I heard out. San Francisco's dirty. It's expensive.
1: Isn't there like human feces everywhere? Well, I think, I think the that's, the homelessness. I think that's LA,
0: yeah. Well, in general,
2: I, I, I just read an article, I don't know how true it is, but like if it was on the internet. It was, yeah, it's true. Yeah. It was like saying they it it's like over 21,000 like homeless in Holy the state. Man. And so it's like it's a, a critical level, but I mean, I don't know. I I read like six different news sources just so I can try to the truth anymore because yeah. everybody has their agenda. Yeah, I've I've, heard, I've like,
1: heard that there's like an app that you can download.
2: <laughs> that, like, fact-checks
0: everything?
1: No, it'll tell you where there's human shit.
0: Oh, yeah, in L.A. I think there is. No, I think it's,
2: it's like in... I think it's in... Uh, San Fran? San Fran. I, yeah, I know San Francisco, when I was there, you know, that... I think that was in like Rogan. Yeah. They have... uh They definitely, you know, it was definitely... I mean, it's a beautiful city, but there was definitely an issue with it. I mean, just like, well, you know, Colorado, when I was just out there, like, same thing. You just...
1: What part of Colorado did you live in?
2: Colorado Springs. Oh, okay. Mm, I've been there. Yeah, because, well... Right by yes. Pikes Peak there. Well, there's mm, a military I, base there. Well, yeah. I lived right down on the, the face of Pikes Peak. Mm. That's... Well, yeah. So, after uh, Tennessee in Nashville, I, that's when I went to the infantry school captain's course down in Georgia. I was down in Georgia for a little bit, and then that's from Georgia... Then I drove across country to uh, Colorado, and that's where I was out there for a couple years. And that's where I lived with my. You guys never got to come out there. Mm -hmm. I wish you guys could.
1: Allie and I I went out to Colorado a couple months ago. Six months ago? Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. But we went to Denver.
2: Yeah. So I lived with two other guys that were captains. and We had a five thousand square foot house i remember you telling me about that up on the side of the mountain yeah i remember you posting pictures of like
0: animal like wildlife just on your porch
2: yeah just eat out your hand and everything it was was awesome i mean great place and uh, it was just i was constantly training there and i've gone out to california to around death valley for training multiple times and then Uh, you know going out to the training area there in Colorado and just being out there living out there for a couple weeks and then I that's where I went to like a couple schools while out there and then I went to UK for three and a half months while I was living there and worked it with the British military over there for a little bit and traveled all through Europe for that one and then got back to Colorado. So like really I was there two and a half years, but I probably only got to live there for like just over a year. Right. Which sucked because I love the, you know, the outdoors and you can't, I I mean, I was trying to climb as many 14,000 foot mountains as I could. And I'll I'll tell you something,
1: something that's frustrating for me in, in this immediate area is we don't have the Rockies here for sure, but we have some of the most beautiful mountains, you know, around, um, and something that drives me nuts is, I went out to Portland, Oregon, Portland, Oregon for a football game. And Portland, if you close your eyes and walk outside, it looks like Altoona, PA. I mean, it has the same greenery. It might be a little more wet there, but um, not today. It's not. No, but but I'll tell you, whenever you get out there, everybody like on the weekend. Good luck finding a bike trail. You know, everybody's mm-hmm. out. Every, everybody's yeah, doing everybody's something. Everybody's healthy. And it, and it blows my mind that somebody doesn't take something here with the mountains and, and the scenery that we have here, I would love to see somebody, you know, like not putting you on the spot, but like somebody like Ryan O'Connor, who has all this history, whenever his career is done, come back here and start an outdoor business in Altoona, like surrounding mm-hmm. area that, Hey, here are all these things carved into the mountain. You guys can go hike them. You can do this, yeah. do that. Um, the fact that we don't have something like that. Whenever I went to Colorado, We went to a Garth Brooks concert, which was awesome, Mm -hmm. but um, we also went out there to see the scenery. Was that up at Red Rocks? It wasn't. Oh, no. You saw Red Rocks, We went to Red Rocks. Yeah, Yeah, that's um, freaking awesome. But, like, we went to, uh, like, we made sure we did some hiking, (laughs) and while we were hiking, um, like, it was just so, like, if you go to Red Rocks, I have a video on my phone, there's 5,000 people just using the amphitheater as Mm -hmm. a, as a workout area. (laughs) There's, yeah, there's, I mean, the fact that that doesn't happen around here and maybe, I don't know what I'm missing, but like, I I would love to see somebody take that as a priority. I mean, I think that dormant sports performance, Fred and I have some ideas and obviously I'm doing something different, but, um, i I would love to see – we We have a guy that works – we have a guy that works out here. His name is Scott Fairbaugh.
0: He just texted me literally two seconds ago. Really? Yeah.
1: So we have a guy named Scott Fairbaugh and he's a military guy, ex-military, and uh very proud military guy, and he is a so – say he's a Marine vet. He's a freak in nature, the guy. I mean, he's – how old is Scott? 40?
0: I want to say that, yeah.
1: Scott's 40, um, bilateral hip replacements, um, like
0: – Had his knees worked on.
1: Yeah, j- just from – being physical his entire life, CrossFit's um, also does a lot of just like regular exercise, working out. Pretty pretty in, intuitive with all that stuff. Did, had like a short little MMA career, and I shouldn't say career. He didn't fight anybody. M- maybe he did. He, he I know made, he trained
0: it. I don't know if yeah. He ever
1: competed. I don't know if he ever competed. But uh, Scott is trying to do this thing here, Rocco, where he's doing like once or twice a twice a month they do like a hero wad where they'll take a military guy and they'll work out to them. And then he'll take another day where he'll drag people outside and say, Hey, we're going to go hike this, meet me at this trailhead. Mm -hmm. We're going to go hike this area. Meet me at this mountain bike place. We're going to go rent kayaks. We're going to do this. And and I would love to see that turn into something just because it it should, there's no reason why it shouldn't.
2: Yeah. I mean, I was thinking about that too is like, Back here, there's so much potential between, like, the gym, you know, you have something like that. You know, a lot of people are into, like, military-type workouts just because they hear, like, oh, military. Especially people who are, you know, had wanted to do it and for mm-hmm. whatever reason couldn't do it or didn't do it. And then, you know, between that and then doing, you know, getting out to the outdoors and taking advantage of it. Because it's like even Colorado Springs, you know, they, like, they took – you know the incline is the famous thing there, and it's it's jam packed with people during the summers. And I actually I was only in Colorado Springs for a day, and I did it. And it sucks because you know especially at elevation, you're, you're starting out at like sixty eight hundred feet and then finishing out close to ten thousand. But it was old uh, like logging trail, you know, where they had a rail system that went up, and so they, you just have railroad ties. And it's like over like twenty five hundred feet of elevation gain. And less than 0. 0.7 miles horizontal, so you're you're, you're talking extremely that's extreme pretty, angles. Yeah, it's pretty big. And angle. so like sub 40 minutes is supposed to be like you know good. And that was what I was shooting for being out there with you know when I had the two British guys. To take a snack. <laughs> up, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> stop halfway. Yeah, it was it was good. I mean, I did 39 minutes. at you know, not used to the elevation and the first time being over there, but it's like. Out here, you know, there's trails. Like I, I was just looking the other day when I was driving. I was like, "Oh man!" Like looked at it out and I was like, "Was that power line cut? Always there?" Because to me, like I see something like that, I'm like, "I want to climb that." Yeah, you know, and that. And most people don't think that way. But even when I did that, you know, advanced land navigation training for the army and stuff, like, and I'm going across multiple states, you know, in the Appalachians, you know, under time just. Try and find certain points and stuff like that, that made me even more like into the outdoors. And like my roommate, Tristan, when I lived in Colorado was a ultra marathon dude. And, you know, he's really good shape. Cause he also was assistant lacrosse coach for air force Academy and, uh, and a professor in finance there. And, um, I mean, him and I, like people thought it was crazy. When I changed out command, I was training up to go to a selection. And, and I was like, I ended up doing it, was 34.6 miles. We went over three different mountain ranges, or ridges, you know, averaging like 11,000 feet and walked into the town. And that's when my parents were out there too, which is pretty funny because, you was know, your my, dad didn't push up. You know how my dad gets all anxious and stuff. And he asked the people there because we took the old stage road in. And so we were on the road and off road and had land nav into the city. And from Colorado Springs to Cripple Creek, and he told the people there, he's like, hey, you know, my son's walking in from Cripple Creek, like, which way would he come? And, like, the people in Cripple Creek at the museum were like, are you kidding me? Like, that's, like, why would somebody do that? And I remember we were, like, two miles out, and my dad coming down, and he's leaning out the car window, and my mom's driving, and he's holding a beer up in the air, <laughs> just screaming, like, yeah. <laughs> And he pulled up and he's like, hey, you guys want beers? You want water? And we're like, no, we're going to finish out just walk into the city and just finish out, you know, with what we came, carried with. Um, but it's like you can make a workout out of anything. You just got to gotta have that mentality. And, and the problem, that's what the, you know, I know there's some people here that have that mentality, but it's not like Colorado or, like, or Pacific Northwest where people's mentality is like I'm going to ride a bike or I'm going to walk instead of – driving whereas here yeah you know, every every road out there has a bike lane you know Correct. here yeah you, we have here nothing. you have nothing like yeah, that like nothing. i go for a run around here and i, I got pretty pretty pissed off the other day I'm, I'm running and like i'm going pretty hard and it was after it was my second workout of the day and some lady just like you know i'm she clearly could have waited a second for me across the road because usually every sit every place I live, you know, pedestrian to have the right of way. And that's and the she, same here too. Yeah. And she just cuts me off and like <clears throat> looks at me like scours at me. I'm like, Are you kidding me? Like here I am she was a pretty large lady and I'm just like, Are you kidding me? Like you're gonna sit here, stare at me, like look at me like I'm in the wrong when I'm doing a full out sprint up a hill. And then you just killed my momentum right? by, it. and you're going to stare at me. I'm, and I'm like, that's, that's what's wrong with yeah. this area. It's like people don't get out there and have that mentality of and, fitness. And I also
1: think, and this, this comes in a different conversation. Some w- we'd like to, we have an in with, uh, mayor Pacifico, the mayor of Altoona. I'd love to get him on here. Something Altoona needs is, is industry. I mean, we need, and I know it's not, mm-hmm. as, it's it's not like, Hey, go get some industry. <laughs> And he says, yeah. oh, okay. It's industrial
0: revolution. Like yeah.
1: yeah. But, I mean, we need, like, uh, something to bring in a, a family of four. You know what I mean? Like, to get an, a couple companies that may be, you know, a tech company or something like that. Now, we have, we're in a valley with some mountains, so maybe that's not the best idea. But um, I don't I don't know what the idea is, and I don't know how to get it here. But, like, I would love to resource with people that are from different areas and say, how did you – whenever I went to school, Troy, New York, which is right by RPI, was a was just decimated. And whenever I left there, it was a place where everybody went because it was fun to go to. Um, the economy literally 180-degree turn while I was there. And I would love to like – hey, what would you guys do? Like how, how do we do this? Let's get this place to be more active and then let's make it – I mean the, the healthier you are, the more money you save, the more stuff you do, the more money you spend. You know what I mean? And then the economy – goes to the roof, but um you know it's something that I would love to see this area you know i I'm, I'm i'm an Altoona guy i 'd love to see something happen here to to get it going yeah
0: I, mean. I think I definitely think there's potential here. we just have to have the right people working on it, yeah, and like the right people in, in play, but one thing I wanted to touch on, and you and you said it a couple times is the mentality aspect of it, and I think. Um, having known you for an uh, incredibly long time, I think you've always had that that part of you kind of dialed in, where like you're looking at that not as like a, not as like a, a hindrance, but a chance to get, like better yourself. So I think you've always had that outlook. But is was there any like any defining moments during your so far during your military career that you like you're like oh man, that was a learning experience. Like and you and you're applying it to what you're doing now more from like the mental side of it because I mean you've been in. Very very high stress situations, but uh, you're also still very very laid back. So I feel mm-hmm. like having, and I think it was Jocko Willink who mentioned he was like people that people that pursue versus people that react don't necessarily suffer from like PTSD because they're they're the ones creating the the situation and mm-hmm. then, then responding to the situation. Do you see that there's like a correlation between like having gone through that and like your day to day life?
2: yeah i mean for sure like i I mean i've always like you said i've always you're kind of doing both yeah i mean there's so much stuff that you can apply between like military training or even like reading some military books to just everyday life and it's just like i mean you you know how i've i was not the most confident person like growing up just because i was the way i was you know and then uh I mean, still, like, I'm not the most confident person, you know, uh, but I have confidence, but not, like you said, the arrogance. Yeah, you're not arrogant like anyway. Like, but, you, you know. so th- you talked about that car.
1: <laughs> you d- that, I, that car. I'm just yeah. Listen, I, you had I a chubby when you are sure.
0: talking about that car. Let's be real.
2: Dude, yeah, it's my gift to myself for, you know, surviving there this you go. long. Thriving. It's your yeah. grow up. Anyway. But, no, I mean, the biggest thing is, like, I don't know, I've. Yeah, the mentality of never settle, and you should never settle. And then you can't be complacent. Yeah, and and you shouldn't just like get into a point and just be like, "Yep, this is this is it. This is what I want to do." And you know, like you should always try bettering yourself, even if it's like you're, you know, you're good with your job and all that stuff. Well, then you know, like maybe physically, like I'm gonna get better at this, or spiritually get better at this, or mentally get better. You know, reading books, you know, as that's the thing is I always find like an aspect because of the military of something that I feel like I'm lacking and then you know like I wasn't reading the most books so like now I make it a a thing to try reading like a a book a month you know and mm-hmm. and then you know you should also con- continue like hone your skills too like no matter what it is so if you're you know you're doing physical therapy you should always learn you know the newest techniques the newest stuff, and stuff yeah. and and continually You should you know, you need to adapt or you're gonna die. Mm -hmm. You know? It's just like evolution And, and uh it you know, I think too many people get into this place where I'm like they're like, Oh, this is good enough and you know, it's like you're you're capable of a lot more than what you think you are and that's the other biggest thing I've learned, you know, especially when I've gone through some of the survival training and all that stuff of like being in tough spots or being in a tiny box or something like that, and then not be able to move, like you, you, it's it's mind over matter, mm-hmm. and and you can seriously do it. And you know, it's just like when I was in command, me being a you know weighing two twenty five and being a lifter, you know, and young guys would be like, oh, you know, let's race, you know, they're skinny guys and stuff like that, and they'd be you know thinking they're just gonna smash me on a run and all that, like I. I knew like I was, I was like going into that job. I was like, I, I need to be able to run so I can, you know, lead by example. And I worked on my running and like I beat guys are half my size mm-hmm. and then, you know, run a 13 <laughs> minute, two mile. And they'd be like, how, how do you do that? And I'm like, you know, it hurts, but you just got to turn your brain off, put the work, and just do it and just train like, and guys just, people expect things to happen without putting in the work. And, you know, whenever I was training up to go to, you know, specialized units and stuff, trying to try do that stuff, like, every day, you know, I'd work 14 hours a day. I'd work out in the morning, and then in the evening, I'd be in there doing workouts to the point where, like, it was written in, like, the standing operating procedures when people would do the security checks, like, oh, don't worry about the the crazy guy carrying logs out on the quad or no, know, or or handstand walking across to the gym listening to death metal. That's just Captain O'Connor <sighs> in there just doing his workout. Like, it is, you know, you just got to, you know, and I understand life events, and I'm single, and, you know, I don't have the other, you know, kids and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. But I don't know, you just can't make excuses. Well, to and I'll tell that you time something <clears throat>
1: I'll tell you something that I think everybody needs to work on. And, I specifically struggle with this and I continue I try to make a very concentrated effort to uh I feel like I can't clear my throat. But anyway, a concentrated effort that whenever I made the jump into what I'm doing is the whole f- fear of failure. Mm-hmm. And I am somebody who is scared to death of failure and sometimes it can be so crippling that I won't take the jump and try. Um something that I try to do um in my life now is, and I struggle with it. Freddie can tell you, my wife can tell you, you know, I constantly question, am I doing the right thing? Am I, am I, and sometimes I think you just gotta <clears throat> have the ability to shut, as you said, shut your brain off and say, what if I fail? So, so what if I fail? What's well, a life lesson. And I'm how many times, I mean, you could probably talk several times about how many times yep. you failed on, on a, on a sapper run or, yeah. or something like that. But, you learn from that and say, okay, well, let's pick this up and keep going. And, and, you know, not to get philosophical, but in life there's a lot of people that, you know, they may want what you have. And mm-hmm. they may want what, you know, I, I think that something I have is a work ethic and I try really hard. And, uh <clears throat> but I think that a lot of people's biggest fears are are coming up short. Mm-hmm. I did it in my football career. Um you know, it's something where in my academic career, my, you know, at Pitt, I almost didn't make it into PT school. There's been many times where I've almost come up short and I have this crippling fear of of failure, but, um, it's something that I think I'm, like I said, I'm getting better at it and I'm trying to push myself into more awkward situations because the more awkward the situation, everyday things just seem mundane and then they're easy to Push through and succeed.
2: Yeah. yeah they, I mean, they, that's why they say, like, the biggest saying, one of the bigger sayings in the military is, you know, you got to be comfortable with the uncomfortable. And, like, I mean, I, not everybody has the mentality as me. Like, I'm still trying to get to the next level in, in the military, too. Like, I'm constantly training to try again to the best. And I, I don't think I'll, you know, I don't know if I'll ever get there, but I'll at least always train. But At least like, you know you tried. Yeah. And that's the thing. You regret more things that you, you haven't tried right. than things that you do. And I don't know. You guys heard the Man in the Arena speech, right? By Theodore Roosevelt. Because, like, even while I was sitting in, like, interviews and stuff like that, they asked me, like, what's the mantra that you live by? And, like, for me, it's like what you're talking about. The <clears throat> Have you guys heard it by
0: Tay Roosevelt? I, th- I think I have. Yeah. I need to refer. This has been a it, long time, though.
2: Yeah, so Teddy Roosevelt, I forget what speech he was doing, but it's, uh, yeah, it's, so it's, it is not the critic who counts, not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or where the doer deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena, whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood, who strides violently, who errs, who comes short again and again because there is no effort without error and shortcoming but who does actually strive to do the deeds, who knows great enthusiasms, the great devotions, who spends himself in a worthy cause, who at the best knows in the end the triumph of high achievement, and who at worst, if he fails, he at least fails while daring greatly, so that his place shall never be with those cold and timid souls who n- neither know victory nor defeat. And that's like a, I mean, That's like the mantra... I try living by.
1: I think that that's perfect. I think that's the mantra people should live by. Um, if when you get time, send that <clears throat> to me. Yeah, you know when you get time, listen to uh, it. It sounds stupid, but You're, something
0: you love the the jump.
1: Yeah, something that made me make the jump. I was working in a very comfortable. Well, it it was uncomfortable. Like so so healthcare and you know people know who i am they know where i worked but uh there's good people where i worked there's you know we did a lot of good things but in healthcare and i and i don't i would never talk down on that place that i worked because everybody's just trying to make it and they mm-hmm. were trying to make it the best that they could mm-hmm. but in healthcare um <clears throat> you know unfortunately reimbursement gets cut um you know, it's expensive to run a clinic and all that kind of stuff. So in order to be profitable, you got to, you know, do what's necessary. And you see, you know, 30 people a day per license and that kind of stuff. And, and, you know, it's really tough, but I was in a clinic where I was working, seeing a lot of people every day and felt really good about the, the effort that I put in. But once I started realizing that, Man, this effort's really widespread and, and, and a lot of times my effort's more on billing and more on, you know, making sure I have documentation and that my schedule's set up versus actually helping somebody. It just got to a point where I was just unsatisfied with myself. Um, I felt like I could be I, I have this desire to when you say physical therapy, I want you to think oh Zach Hallman. You know, you may think of some other people, but I want my name to be in there too. Right. Um so it got to a point for me where I was just struggling with, am I doing the best that I can? Um, and I started, you know, daydreaming of a day where I could, you know, spend time kind of doing what I'm doing here. But you know, like I said, nobody does that here. So is it going to work? I don't know. And then somebody sent me this video by Steve Harvey and it's entitled jump. And the thought the I mean the, the premise behind it is at some point in your life you gotta jump. It's mm-hmm. gonna feel uncomfortable, you're gonna get to that cliff edge, you're gonna look over, it's gonna be really far drop drop, but you gotta jump and just trust that your parachute's gonna open. Yep. And if it doesn't open, then you know, you grab onto something and, you know, dust yourself off and do it again. But the the meaning to the story is that if you don't jump, you're never gonna soar. So whenever I got this thing, I mean, it was on day that I was just having a rough day. And, and once I got the message, I said, I got to jump. Like, so if I get to 70 years old and I graduate, graduate Jesus, if I get to 70 years old and I retire and I'm done working as a physical therapist and something I'm very proud of. Um, and I look back at my career and say, man, I wish I would have done more. Like, what kind of what kind of life is that to live? So we get one shot at this thing. So once I get there, I want to look back and say, "Man, look how successful I was!" You know, I started this cash PT business in Central PA and it grew and everything was great. Or hey, I tried it, it didn't work out, and I did the best I could. And and you know I, you know whatever. But you know I'm really hopeful that it's going to work, and I mm-hmm. think it is going to work. But uh, I think that that is a I like that Teddy Roosevelt speech because it says a lot about people. I mean, that can, and you, and you can apply that to such minute things. Mm-hmm. Just be the best at it. Just, mm-hmm. just go out, put a hundred percent effort. If you're not going to put a hundred percent effort, don't try and just be the best at it.
0: I think, I think you hit the nail on the head. I don't, I mean, there's really not much for me to, to add to that. Cause I think we both echo very similar, similar things when it comes to that. I don't, the difference with me is I, there isn't. I don't have that that part of me that worries because I I failed so many times at hockey. It's just like one of those things. Like I I don't let that kind of creep in there. Mm-hmm. What's that?
1: You don't let it deter you from like trying to push forward. No,
0: I yeah, like it. I I have no problem trying new things because if it doesn't work, it gives a shit. Yeah. Like yeah. It, we just you keep moving, and, yeah. that, and I I've I've always had that mentality. Like as many hockey trials as I've been on, and I haven't made the teams. Is much more than the t- tryouts I've been on and have made the teams mm-hmm. like that. Out that number <clears throat> greatly outweighs the positive. I've failed more times trying for hockey than I have ever succeeded. I,
1: and I think failing can be a healthy thing. Oh, I think it's a good. Yeah, you I, have um, to.
0: I think. I think if there, I don't think it's possible to go through life successfully and have like a good outlook on it without it. like. There's no way people are successful without having a failure and it doesn't have to be like if a you are you're faking it, 100% it, faking it
1: it doesn't have to be like a drastic failure no. where everything crashes and burns but a hey, this knows. thing that i was trying to get didn't work out so right. i went a different route and i chose the road less travel and that's made all the difference that's robert right. frost um I, <laughs> we, we gotta stop this but uh but yeah so i i like that and i like that mindset um but it's very hard to maintain that mindset. You know what I mean? And I'm a junkie for, for Steve Harvey jump videos and and hearing that Uh, every now and then I need to sit down and read it. My wife will actually occasionally send me like a uh, motivational quote because she knows that I, I get all jacked up off of it and I read it and it kind of, it resets me and gives me purpose that you know, it's the ma- it's the man in the arena. It's me, and and I'm gonna be the one to. I like that quote a lot. Yeah, for sure. Did so, you rock. Get a- it? Did yeah, it. I got okay. it. Tell me about. So I we go to ta- the bathroom real quick. We talk about all your training and all this stuff that you do, and I know you do some pretty intense stuff. But and Fred's going to the bathroom. Horrible timing. Um, but talk about your training. Like, what do you do on a day to day basis? You do these crazy rucks and all this kind of stuff. But what about day to day? Like.
0: Somebody was in there. Okay. Hmm.
1: But I but I want to talk about Rocco's training and okay. what that looks like because you I can't
0: tell you what it looked like the other day. It was freaking everybody out in the gym.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean for me, like I I do everything trying to make it functional for Do you have like I a know.
1: set training program?
2: Yeah, I pull from uh, a couple of programs like the the horseman Jim Jones operator program, um mountain athlete warrior or mountain athlete the tactical programs, um, you know, some of the stuff like that. And then just from years of I, I mix it with traditional weightlifting too, and then balance it with, you know, trail runs or you know, normal running to just try to stay in balance. So like my goal is to always be able to, you know, deadlift two and a half times my body weight, be able to buddy carry somebody, you know, over a mile on my shoulder so that if shit hit the fan, I can actually pull somebody out, you know, do 15 pull-ups, you know, strict, you know, by myself, and then, you know, run 13 minute, two mile, or, and be able to run a distance, you know, five miles in 40 minutes. So, like, when I see myself, like, or in bench press, uh, you know, my body weight m- like multiple times, you know, yeah. trying to hit thirty. But what, like, I are, I just use that as my my test litmus test of like, what am I going to do, you know, what I need to do.
0: Yeah. What are your thoughts on like the new fitness test for the army?
2: I like it. Do you um, think
0: there? Do you think CrossFit had anything to do with the uh, with the change, or well, maybe not CrossFit itself, but like that style? of training?
2: Yeah, I, I think that that because if you
0: look at it, it looks like a it looks like a wad.
2: Yeah, I mean it. The old PT test for the army, and and I know all the the services are going to this, and not only our army. Like my British buddies, they're doing it too. You know, it, it was training for dudes that are skinny and can run. But the last time people ran, you know, miles in combat, you know, like the the Mogadishu mile they talk about doing you know Black Hawk Down and stuff like that. You know, yeah, yeah, they had to run out a mile. You know, after fighting for. You know, hours on end. Mm-hmm. You know, while tired. So, like, yeah, running needs to be there. But you know, the last time somebody had to pull themselves out of burning wreckage while their legs don't work, you know, do a pull up out of there or deadlift their buddy out of a bad situation, you know, out of a vehicle or out of wadi, and then be able to carry that dude, you know, distance to get him out of fire. That happens more time than having a run. Right. So, running is important. But you're that's you're, not you're, everything. But but like it was easy to train for. Guys do push up, sit up and, and run, and that's it. And a two mile run and that's it. So because looking now, at
0: this I could see that you pr- you would dominate it.
2: So y- it, it was it's funny. It's a
0: deadlift, it's a underhand med ball throw, hand release push up, sprint drag carry, uh leg tuck or like a hanging leg raise with your legs straight. Um and then a two mile run.
2: Yeah. And, and and the so I I tested it or uh our unit did it, and they took the top top guy from each company to go and you know represent their company to do it right and you know most of the guys that were out there were like three hundred type you know three hundred plus guys on the p t test so they max it out on the old p t test but then when they went and did this, they were just crushed by it. Yeah, And they barely passed, some of them.
0: It's cool saying because they have the comparing the old and the new Army. And I know we've touched base on this in a previous podcast, but um, the old one was three three events, which is push up, set-up, two-mile run. It was based on your age and gender. You had, ow, you had you yeah. have two hours, and then uh, minimum score is a 180, so 60 on each test. Now it's six events. Uh, it's based on your job and unit. And then you have 50 minutes to complete it, and it's based on the physical requirements of your job, which I think is intelligent, mm-hmm. because if you're training specifically for that job, then you'll perform perform that job better. It's just like anything else.
1: I can't believe, yeah. <clears throat> I can't believe and that, that starts uh, in October of 2020. I can't believe it's mm-hmm. taken this long to get something like this. Right. Um. You know, and and I I used to talk to Chris Bova, my buddy Bova, about um. About a lot of this kind of stuff, and uh, you know, our research was heavily influenced by like what the Russians were doing back in the you know the '80s and the '70s and the Olympics when they were just dominating everybody. And then they found out that every time that they were making all these crazy strength gains, also happened to be the time that they were cycling steroids mm-hmm. and whatnot. So all of that good data went away. Yeah. So healthcare, the physical therapy side, you know, the exercise science side. And strength training and that kind of stuff are, are you know, we didn't really know much, and we're still developing it. I mean, it's it's crazy to me that it's we're at we're where we're at with technology, but we're still developing and understanding, you know, eccentric loading on tendons and that kind of we stuff. We still don't know how muscles fire. Correct. I mean, correct. We have an idea, yeah, for but sure. It's not been proven. There, yet. There's so much more to figure out, and <clears throat> and. Uh, but it's crazy to me that it took the military this long to change from push ups and sit ups to something that's functional what you said well, if 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 i'm out if if zach holman i'm six three if I lost my max amount of weight, I'd probably be two hundred and seventy pounds i mean I'm a big frame, mm-hmm. and if I'm out in the military and I got ryan o'Connor at, at hundred and eighty pounds Ryan O'Connor I'd take any day but <laughs> Joe Schmo at one hundred and eighty yeah. pounds <laughs> and I need them to pull me out of a truck like I don't want the 100 push-up guy. I want somebody else. Like, yeah, I'm not like, going to you. Uh, yeah.
0: Just to kind of echo that, like if I joined the military, looking at me, you mm-hmm. wouldn't be like, all right, I need this guy to run. I need you to break through that <coughs> door mm-hmm. or vice versa. Or like you need to you need to do something that you have to put your skills to where you're going to be in a successful position.
2: Well, one of the reasons it took so long is it's resource intensive and it's time intensive. That's true. And so that's one of the reasons like it was super resistant and the they're still having they're still they having had. issues. So there's you know, it was always a faux pas like and you know, guys being in the gym during PT hours in the morning, they're like, You should be out running, especially at Fort Campbell and 82nd, you know, the guys that consider themselves a little bit more, you know, the light infantry and everything, they pride themselves, Oh, I ran thirty some miles this week. I rucked, you know, all these miles, which people know rucking you know, is horrible on the joints, right? You know, especially if you're doing it repeatedly and you're not stretching and all that. So the biggest thing right now is the facilities. Yet, yeah, you know, yeah, these bases have a bunch of gyms, but you don't have guys that are, know how to train for this. It's easy to just go out and run. It's easy to do push ups and sit ups. It's also easy to grade that, and you can have ten people in line and all do it. But now. You need deadlift bars. You know they're doing the um, the hex bar, right? They use a hex bar, bar. yeah. So now, say you have ten lanes at, and then you have two minutes, and you know to do that. But that's that's just you need to do three at three forty to be able to get one hundred percent. But you know people need to warm up and do all that stuff, and, and guys just don't train that way. There's more guys in the army that don't train that way versus than that do. So now it's changing mentality, and now you know guys that these old. NCOs, are, you know the older non-commissioned officers. Those he's, guys, he's
0: he's trying really hard to yeah, not it, say too much.
2: Yeah, but those guys, you know, are used to just grading push-ups and sit-ups. Now they need to know the proper technique for the deadlift, and and, so and there's um, training that goes into it, and then equipment because now every unit needs deadlift bars. They need right. all this pumped. stuff. Yeah. Oh, dude, rogue the um,
0: rogue uh, uh, sorex. T-
2: yeah, the uh, freaking. Those box, like CrossFit boxes, you know, like Tricons or mm-hmm. containers that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Those um, guys.
0: You can actually buy those now, like the portable, yeah, portable I'm gyms. Yeah, I'm trying to think. So, I there's was a bunch with of the them. There's a Badger box now. There's uh, Beaver Fit. There's Beaver, Beaver Fit. Fit is
2: the one, but like, that's the one we're supposed to be getting a bunch of. But it's like. You can only the get them if you're a military outfit.
1: base. Well, and, mm-hmm. and to say that, we've had a pretty powerful army, His, history, if history yeah. speaks. Um, so, there's probably a lot of. Older guys that that we we run into this in with high school coaches, um, whereas that they have the the best intention in mind. They want you guys to be the 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 most fit people out there. But you have these guys saying, "Hey, it's worked in the past. It's never failed us. Why change? Mm-hmm. Well, why not be better?" Um, and I mean, we run into it where we have some high school coaches in the area that, "Hey, well, this is the way I've trained forever. This is the way I've trained my athletes." Mm-hmm. And blah 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 blah. Well. Like, hey, there's a better way to do it. You know, if you look at if you look at like Buddy Morris, um, he's a strength coach at Pitt. Right after I left,
0: he's at Arizona Cardinals. Arizona now.
1: Cardinals now. I mean, he he's always at the forefront of of science, and the reason he can do what he does um, is because he has results, and and it's new age, and it's you know he's constantly he's changing. Still not, with he's not time. doing
0: the same thing now that he was doing with you.
1: Yeah, <clears throat> so it's it's funny to me how. I think a big part of resistance is, well, why change it? Well, why not? Let's make let's make this thing better and be right. more. But that's that's a frustrating thing, and that's another thing about it. And it's not just this area, believe me. You know, you get these coaches that – like kids – I was talking to a kid the other day, and he was talking about offensive line blocking. And I said, well, this is how you should do it. And he was looking at me going – Oh, my You know my coach shows me this. And in this case, he was showing him some flipper technique that the coach used whenever he played in the, in 1978. And I said, well, that's – I've been sitting there laughing at him, saying, well, that's not the way you block anymore, and that's stupid. And then as I'm talking to him, am thinking to myself, I haven't played football for 15 years or whatever. Your way might not be the way. <laughs> yeah, and I'm sitting there. I'm telling this kid, hey, you shouldn't do that. And then I'm thinking to myself, who the hell am I? Like, why am I telling this kid – you shouldn't do that. Uh, a kid I played with at Pitt, CJ Davis, works at down in North Carolina at a um, Charles-something offensive line school. That's that's the business. They just train offensive linemen. And they have all this crazy, um, like, machinery and all these <laughs> different pads. Charlie Francis? Sleds. No. Uh, his name's LaCharles-something. But okay. anyway, like, all these, like, weird hand placement things. And I've actually resourced – cj a couple of times whenever i've had offense alignment to say hey give me some drills acl guy and he's been really helpful but um yeah i mean i th- i think that that's a big problem with a lot of industry is well this is the way we do it and this is the way it should be done well, right let's do it better
0: so what's next for rocco <coughs> i know yeah going I know for
1: manny's for the steelers game oh, okay
2: which no, he, he, no, you no, need a jet here soon. My, No, my parents canceled. They're going down to. I have a six pack po- in the car right now. Going to, <laughs> if you want to bring it, they're in. going down to Polish Hall. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Go so, watch a little bit of the game.
0: So you said last last uh, was it yesterday, or the day before? You might be heading three different locations. You don't know yet. Like yeah. Australia.
2: So, yeah. So I, it all depends on. So I got picked up for major, and then uh, I have to go. Which scrolling. is a big deal. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of, yeah. But, yeah, go go to um, schooling for it. So the normal schooling's out in Kansas and at uh, Fort Leavenworth. Are you going to be a general be one summer.
0: day? Do no, you want to be a general?
2: I can't be political enough to be. Oh, no, that's fair. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, either there, which is where the, most of the people will go, and then they'll take two per year for, like, I, uh, Australia – Playing for Estonia, for the UK and Ireland, and the Marine Corps one in Quantico. So I I put in for those ones to go to schooling there too. And if I go to Australia one, try and hang around the unit I'm with now, and then deploy again for just a couple months overseas and do some training on you know train with whatever local forces for a little bit, and then come back and then go Australia. That's the hope. Is that one. Um, but we'll see. They only take two per year, and I don't know. I mean, each school they only take two. Yeah.
0: So you applied to so that's what eight ten guys. How many schools did you say?
2: Uh, five. Yeah. So ten. Ten guys. Ten guys. How many? I I think the Marine Corps they take a couple more than that. But how many applicants? Well, it's just so the 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 guys that made like the top like twenty or thirty percent of the major list like can apply for these. Mm. so I mean there's it all depends if they did apply for it you know most people have families at this age like I'm the weirdo at this point yeah where but the the crappy thing is like most people meet their you know spouse when they're in their high school or in college and all that stuff and then for me doing the weird route that I did and now that I'm like at a unit deploy come back train deploy and then all right, you're leaving at this point. You're like even now like if I go to Kansas, I'll go there 10 months and then they'll be like, "All right, you're done." You know, and then move me somewhere else. And then I'll be there for years. You a have to years. move a whole family every single like, time. It's like so, you know, at this point try to find a girl, especially in this day and age where it's just like they're going to put up with wanting to move that Rocko, often or honest or question. The rapport. are you on Tinder? Yeah. <laughs> okay, I just, yeah. just checked. Oh, yeah. Yeah, well. and I work too much. That I, that's yeah, well, I, I get to, Yeah. yeah. <coughs> so am I. <laughs> no, that's Bumble. Yeah, that's <laughs> Bumble. Uh.
0: So, but that's exciting.
2: Yeah, so we'll see. I'll find out. I should find out end of January where I'm going to go. I mean, the good thing is I got picked up for the, the, you know, the top top percentage of the, you know, the major list. But we'll see. In, inshallah, which means God wills it. In Arabic.
0: Oh, I think that's a good right, way. To, I think that's a God good spot one. to end it. God one. Anything else, Zach? Uh,
1: I mean, w- we could we could talk for another two hours. Yeah. But, um
0: I think people have already shut this off. <laughs> Let's be honest.
1: I doubt it. They're probably waiting to hear. They're they're hanging on every word.
0: Yep. Yeah, but Rocco, we appreciate you coming out. Thank you for your service, my man. We love you. Thanks no for worries. coming. And then uh, I think that's it, Zach.
1: That's all.
2: I'll all be right. around for a little bit. So if you guys ever do another one while I'm home, because. there's would like. To,
0: I'm, I'm sure Casey would like to talk to you. Yeah, yeah, we so should. I'll, part yeah, 2 I'll, I'll I'll do it. It'll be like Rambo, part two. Yeah,
2: yeah. We'll, we'll maybe get a little bit more details or whatever.
1: Yeah, because we didn't touch.
0: We, we can't. We glossed over a lot. Of yeah, stuff. there's there's some things that we can't talk about. So. That's it. Yeah. I think that's it. All right.
2: Love you guys. <laughs>
1: This has been a You Don't Know Squat podcast production.
2: Hey, guys. Thanks for joining us on another episode of You Don't Know Squat podcast with myself, Casey Kantz, Freddie Dorman, and Zach Hallman. All episodes are brought to you by Dorman Sports Performance, Iron Luck CrossFit, and Hallman Physical Therapy. Located at 2927 Beale Avenue for all of your fitness and health care needs. If you like what we're doing, head over to Dorman Sports Performance and Hallman Physical Therapy on Instagram and Facebook and give us a like, share, and five-star review. More information can be found at www.dspgym.com or www.hallmanpt.com. Thanks for joining us.